You're listening to the Metro LA Podcast, an official podcast of the LA International Church of Christ. Good evening. Welcome to Metro Vision Studios. My name is Reese Kia Aina. Thank you so much for tuning in to our midweek service tonight. I look forward to teaching tonight. Let's go to God in prayer and let's begin. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you so much that we can be together as a family tonight. Thank you as we go through our COVID-19 time that uh, your spirit is is t- speaking to us, challenging us, inspiring us, encouraging us to, to think about ministry in new ways. And we pray uh, for all of our relationship with you, for our relationship with each other, that will continually grow deeper in faith and love. God, we love you. Bless our Bible study tonight. Thank you for all the great news going on in our region. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, it's so great to be together as a family. Uh, thank you so much for coming on out. We've been having our theme for the year in 2020 has been fix our eyes. Jesus, uh, here's two areas of focus that we've had in our region since January 2020. We've been working on two things, walking with God and walking with one another. And if you've noticed everything that we've been doing in our Sunday services, in our Monday, Wednesday, Friday devotionals, in our, in our midweek services, all been all about trying to walk closer with God. And uh, I'm so encouraged by the different things we've talked about over the last couple months. We've been, the Sunday services have been all about Jesus. And uh, we're trying to grow in our relationship with God as well as in our relationship with one another. And one of the things we've been working on is our memory verse. And uh, you remember Psalm 112 verse 7 was last week's memory verse. Uh, Psalm 68.1 is this week's memory verse. You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. And I want to encourage us to be focused on our memory verses uh, and come into midweek thinking about it. You know, we'll be doing some encouraging things that, that talk about our memory verse. Uh, if, if anybody's visiting with us online, you can connect with us through Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, as well as our YouTube channel. I do want to welcome, uh, for the first time, our newest baptism, Pamela Zamudio, who was baptized on September 13th uh, this year. She is a single adult. It's been so encouraging over the last two months to see different people get baptized. In August, a teenager, Shem Suleiman, was baptized. Darren Johnson, a single adult, was baptized. His his girlfriend, Lokena Bastin, was baptized, who's a single adult as well. Uh, in, in September, Mallory Evans was baptized, as well as Pamela Zamudio. So welcome to the kingdom, Pamela. Uh, great to have you part of the fellowship. As well as a newly engaged couple, George Clark and Arlene Young. They were just recently engaged this past week. Awesome. Many of us know them. Uh, their wedding is going to be coming up uh, this year. So be praying for them. Congratulations to George and Arlene. So awesome there. As well as I want to update everyone uh, about our squad. There is a virtual town hall meeting uh, this Friday, September 18th. 
from 6 to 8 p.m. You will have to register for that. So please go to mlasquad at gmail.com. This virtual townhouse will be about the police, the law, and black America. Uh, we have a, the DA, Tamara Ross, visiting from San Bernardino, as well as a public defender from Los Angeles, Eric Adams. Uh, they will be discussing recent incidents of police brutality and their legal impact. So if you want to register, please sign up at mlasquad at gmail.com and look forward to seeing everybody this Friday. I'm already registered for it. I look forward to this awesome event. As well as please be praying for our World Missions Collection coming up on October 18th. Remember at our worship land, we were sporting our new uh, Metro LA face mask that you can buy for $6 online. All proceeds will go to our World Missions Collection uh, that day. So remember, please be praying for the Philippines, our Southwest family of churches, uh, Tijuana, the Caribbean, as well as Lebanon. Now, last week we talked about uh, the second thing we were, we've been working on is our walk with one another, our relationships, having close and connected relationships. We talked last week about Jewish discipleship, discipleship from a Jewish perspective. And, and the, the Hebrew word mean, talmid, meaning disciple, student, learner. And uh, a disciple is, is not just one who learns about the teachings of Rabbi Jesus, but is actively pursuing being like him in, in every way, shape, and form, in mind, in heart, and in deed, doing the things that he did. And it involves an intense passion uh, to be like Jesus in his daily life. And when you go, how intense? And the greatest compliment a disciple could get is is this idea of being covered in the dust of your rabbi. And uh, I appreciate that thought. And are, are, are you dusty, my friends, that you're following so closely to Jesus that as he walks, the dust gets kicked up and it covers us. And that's the image of, of being close to Jesus as a rabbi and teacher and Lord and, and working to be just like him in every shape of the form. Uh, so awesome. You know, there's many ways that God is always trying to grow us and he's trying to grow us through prayer, through Bible study, through being a fisher of men. That as we're involved in Bible studies, we're going to grow in our faith and grow in, in, in our relationships. Serving one another is another way that God helps us to grow. Serving the poor, being involved with the poor helps us to grow and to open our minds and hearts to those who are less fortunate and going through tough times and for us to be involved and engaged uh, in serving the poor and, and really learning from them as well. But another area that God really grows our faith is through discipling relationships. And that's what we're going to be talking about over the next three weeks is I, this idea of, of having discipling relationships. One of the things that Robert Cadillo uh, has talked about in in one of his lessons was about having every disciple having three relationships, learning to have a mentoring relationship. And if those of you who are younger in the faith, you know, uh, I really want to encourage you to, to work at getting a, a mentoring relationship, one that is working with you to help to grow faith, to grow love, to, to grow your skill set. 
Another relationship is having peer relationships. For those of us who are older in the Lord, who've been around for quite some time and a little bit more mature, is, is we're working on our peer relationships. People that, that it's more of a two-way street there and we're, we're growing in that. Uh, but also the third relationship we can have is if with other disciples where we're learning to disciple other people and to raise them up to be a peer and to grow in faith. And so I, I want to encourage all of us to have these three relationships going on in our lives at different times in our life. You know, sometimes, uh, have you ever had this thought before? Have you ever had this question? Have you ever experienced being in a spiritual rut? I have many times in my spiritual life just been in a spiritual rut and I'm, I was stuck spiritually. Maybe I couldn't overcome a certain sin. And there's different times in my marriage with grace where I was in a rut and I needed mentoring, needed some help to help us to get out of that rut and to continually keep growing. Because the, the name of the game is to be continually adding to our faith and growing closer to Jesus, growing closer to God, and as well as growing closer to one another. And one way to get out of a spiritual rut is through relationship, having a mentoring relationship. And I'm excited to, to talk about that tonight. Uh, September to December is going to be all about pursuing training in our lives. And one way we can get trained is in a mentoring relationship. Uh, it's important to continually grow in your faith. You know, one of the things that I've had to come to grips with, oh my, look at this slide right here. My son is almost taller than me. I'm, I, by this picture, I think I'm still towering above him right now by a quarter of an inch, I think. But he is almost taller than me. He will be 13 years old tomorrow. But imagine... You know, Ku wasn't ever this tall before, right? Only over, only over the last six months has he really just grown. But imagine what it would be, have been like if today at eight or tomorrow at age 13, if he was the same size if he was at age six, when at age five, when he first came to LA. Imagine what that would be. Most of us would think if he's not growing, something's Something's wrong there. Something, something we need to pay attention to, right? And it's, I believe it's like that in our spiritual life as well. We must constantly be growing. If we're stuck, if we're stunted in our growth spiritually, there's ways that we can get out of it. And, and God provides a way. And one of those ways is through a mentoring relationship. And I'm excited to talk about that tonight, uh, uh, about a Paul Timothy relationship. And, uh, I, I, I think it's a privilege to have a mentoring relationship. You know, Robert Carrillo disciples and Michelle disciple Grayson, myself, and uh, we, we consider that a privilege to be discipled by them and to, to work with them. And one of the things I love about Robert is, is he treats me as a peer, but I don't treat him as a peer. I appreciate him asking for my input. But one of the things about a Paul Timothy relationship is that there, there is a structure to that and certain expectations of that that help us to grow. And I'm going to be talking about that a little bit more in detail. Now, you don't have to have a Paul-Timothy relationship, particularly if you're older in the faith. But, but I hope tonight uh, we may reconsider that thought that sometimes it's great to have a Paul-Timothy relationship in our life because 
it's not a sign of weakness that we have a Paul Timothy relationship, but it's a sign of wanting to get to the next level spiritually. It's a sign of like trying to really up my discipleship and grow in my discipleship to the point where I can have more impact and have a different skill set by being mentored by someone who is a little bit more mature and with a certain level of expertise that can help me get to the next level. And so I want you to consider the impact of a mentor. Uh, if you didn't have a mentor again, right, it's, if there's nothing wrong with that, if you're younger in the faith, I really want to encourage you to pursue a mentoring relationship. Uh, if you're younger in the faith, because why invent, reinvent the wheel? We can, we can grow at exponential rates. If we have a mentor in our life that we respect and we understand what that mentoring relationship is and the goal of it, uh, there's so much impact you can have. Without a mentor, this is the contribution that you can make, and that's a great contribution. But consider the contribution you could make and the impact you can have with you plus a mentor. I mean, it is amazing the kind of impact we can have when we have a mentor in our life. And, and that's what I'm going to be talking about. Well, why is this important? Because you can grow your impact. You can grow your skill set. By having somebody train you in a mentoring relationship that helps you to have exponential growth in our, in your spiritual life. The apostle Paul was a spiritual giant. You know, he traveled, he went to places that were difficult. He preached the word to, to people in power. He suffered. He was jailed for his faith, you know, put in prison. He wrote two thirds of the New Testament, I believe. Uh, he was used by God in so many ways. Uh, but it, it's, but it's a privilege to have a Paul in, in your life. And tonight we're going to talk about four ways on how to be a Timothy. If you, if you're seeking a mentoring relationship, how can you be a Timothy to a Paul in your life so that we can really grow and, and, and excel spiritually? Well, here's the first, there's four ways. And these are the four I'm going to talk about tonight. The faith to be chosen, the faith to receive direction the faith to be a helper, and the faith to imitate. These are ways that we can be a Timothy to a Paul and see God really bless that relationship. So let's dive right in. It's awesome to be a Timothy. You know, I've been a Timothy to many Pauls in my life. And currently right now, Robert is a Paul in my life. I believe Doug Weber is a Paul in my life. And and, and I'm going to sit at their feet and learn and listen and grow and, and really try to soak up as much as I can with their expertise, their experience and their spiritual heritage that they have that have been before me. In Acts chapter 16 and verse one, one of the first ways we can be a Timothy in a Paul Timothy relationship is that it, it takes faith to be chosen. You have to want to be a Timothy in a, in that relationship. You have to want a Paul to train you. And in Acts chapter 16, verse 1, it says, Paul came to Derby and then to Lystra, where a disciple named Timothy lived, whose mother was a Jewish and a believer, but whose father was a Greek. The believers at Lystra and Iconium spoke well of him. Paul wanted to take him along on the journey, so he circumcised him because of the Jews who lived in that area, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. As they traveled from town to town, you see that? They were together, right? Timothy had to want to be with the Paul. As they traveled from town to town, they delivered the decisions reached by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem for the people to obey. So the churches were strengthened in the faith and grew daily in 
numbers. One of the first ways to, to be an amazing Timothy is that, you know, Timothy started out as a, as a young man and Paul went to, uh, I believe Derby, then to Lystra, and he and then he found a guy named Timothy, and Timothy was there, uh, and he wanted to be with Paul, and which and Paul chose him, and so that's one of the first ways to be a Timothy. You got to want to be in a relationship like that, where where somebody is going to train train you. They traveled in verse four from town to town, and 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 the cool thing about being with a Paul is you're going to be on a journey with them in their life. They're going to be a, on this journey in your life. And it is the method that Jesus used to train his disciples. He didn't just give just direction and just only sent them out. They needed to be together. And that's, that's one of the first ways you can be a Timothy is you got to be with your Paul, uh, and, and want that help, want that kind of, uh, inspiration and training in your own life. And I appreciate that. That is the model of discipleship that was used by Jesus in training his disciples. You know, he, he took three years and changed the world with 12 men, but they, 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 they needed to be with Jesus and see his life. Things needed to be demonstrated. And that's what I love about a Paul Timothy. And I believe it's a privilege to have one that we get to spend time with a Paul in our lives and that he chooses us and we choose them. That's a, that's a powerful thing. The second thing, second way to be a Timothy is that we must learn to receive direction from a Paul. In Acts 17 and verse 13, check this passage out. It says, but when the Jews in Thessalonica learned that Paul was preaching the word of God at Berea, some of them went there too, agitating the crowds and stirring them up. The believers immediately sent Paul to the coast, but Silas and Timothy stayed at Berea. Those who escorted Paul brought him to Athens and then left with instructions for Silas and Timothy to join him as soon as possible. I mean, you get a chance to see Paul here, right? And they're in Thessalonica. Paul was preaching the word at Berea. Uh, the, there's like division that takes place. There's crowds that are agitated. The believers send Paul to the coast, but Silas and Timothy stayed in Berea. Now, my question is this, who told Silas and Timothy to stay at Berea, to stay with the church there, to, to work with the disciples there? Think about that. Who told them to stay? I believe it was Paul that told him to stay and, and that Timothy and Silas were people who understood that in a Paul-Timothy relationship, it's important to learn how to receive direction and to take direction. And I appreciate that. As you look at the Paul-Timothy relationship, you're going to see in First uh, Timothy, Second Timothy, Titus, you're going to see all the types of direction that Paul gave to Timothy and Titus as they were working in the ministry together. If you want to learn about that, just go right to those books over there. And there's so many things to learn about how, how Timothy received direction from Paul. And Paul gave him direction in so many different aspects of life and in ministry. And, and Timothy, the sign of a, a good Timothy is they understand they're humble enough to take direction. And uh, that's a powerful thing. The third thing, that that we look at in our Bible study tonight about being a Timothy is to be a helper to Paul, to a Paul. In Acts chapter 19 and verse 21 to 22, it says, after all this had happened, Paul decided to go to Jerusalem, passing through Macedonia and Achaia. After I've been there, he said, I must visit Rome also. He sent two of his helpers, Timothy and Erastus, to Macedonia, where he stayed in the province of Asia 
a little bit longer. Look at, look at Timothy and this guy named Erastus. One of the things that they were is they were helpers to Paul. Paul sent two of his helpers to Macedonia while he stayed in Asia a little bit longer. A huge mistake for a Timothy is to just look at a Timothy, Paul Timothy relationship and just be a taker in it instead of a giver in it as well. To just take from Paul. They were helpers to Paul. They were there to help Paul's ministry. And, and Paul looked at them as reliable and responsible people that were there to further his ministry along. And uh, that's what I appreciate, you know, about a Paul-Timothy relationship. Again, right, as we're talking about a Paul-Timothy relationship, the issue here isn't about, like, if, if you're older in the faith, you know, if you want to get out of a rut, if you want to up your discipleship and get to the next level or take it higher in your faith, I would encourage you to look for a Paul-Timothy relationship no matter how old you are. I'm 50 years old, and I am encouraged to be in a Paul-Timothy relationship. Again, there's nothing wrong if you didn't have a Paul and Timothy relationship if you're older in the faith. But man, if you want to get to another level, if you want to look at some of the blind spots that you may have, a Paul-Timothy relationship can really help you to exponentially grow and get to the next level. And that's super encouraging. Uh, But... As, as we work as a Timothy, we need the faith to be a helper as well, to not just be a taker, but also give back to a Paul and be involved. In Romans chapter 12, in verse 6, one of the ways in which we can be a helper is to understand the gift set that we have, you know, the gifts that we all have. And it's important to understand the gifts you have because that's how you can help in the relationship that you have. Because who wants to just be in a relationship where it only functions one way all the time, right? Uh, there is there is room for that. But it, man, you if you can be a helper in that relationship, it, it, it just takes it to another level. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 6, it says, we have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. You know, everybody has gifts. And as we get in touch with the different gifts that we have, we can be a great helper to our Paul in our lives. You know, some gifts are public. Some gifts are private or less public, but all gifts are important to have. You know, in 1981, in March of 1981, President Ronald Reagan was shot by John Hinckley Jr. and was hospitalized for several weeks. Although Reagan was the commander in chief, his hospitalization had little impact on the nation's activity. The government continued to go on. On the other hand, years later, in Philadelphia, the garbage collectors in the country went on strike. That city was not only in a literal mess, the pile of decaying trash quickly became a health hazard. A three-week nationwide strike paralyzed the whole country. Now, here's a question. Who is more important, the president or the garbage collector in that situation? Well, the answer to that is both are important. All gifts are important in God's church. Each gift is important and fits into God's plan. And so, yes, get direction from a Paul, 
but also be giving and use your gifts in your relationship with a Paul to help out in any way, shape or form. And so those are the three things we've talked about so far. The fourth way to be a Timothy in a Paul-Timothy relationship that could really take you to the next level is in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 in verse 14. And it says, I'm not writing this to shame you, but to warn you as my dear children, for you can have 10,000 instructors in Christ, but you can't have many fathers. For I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Therefore, I urge you to imitate me. This is why I've sent Timothy to you. He is my dearly, he is my dearly loved and faithful son in the Lord. He will remind you about my ways in Christ Jesus, just as I teach everywhere in every church. The fourth way to be a Timothy is to be a person, to have the faith that imitates a Paul and his faith. You know, I think this is perhaps one of the lost arts of today in our modern day 21st century world is we've lost sometimes that art of imitating uh looking at somebody who's more mature in the faith and and where we lack in certain areas just imitate you know when robert first came here uh he was doing a class he was getting with all the worship leaders and i thought you know what let me get some training on this i want to see how he trains and he did this lesson for all the worship leaders you know about about what the importance of worship was. And, and I asked Casey to join me in it. So Casey and I could work on our training relationship and, and be there to kind of watch and to see and to learn and to see what is being taught and how it's being taught and the connection that's going on be, between the person teaching and, and the audience. And it was such an encourage. I learned more from just watching and, and, and looking at what's going on. And then, then, then just kind of teaching my own class on it, you know, and it was so good to, to be there and see. And that's the training model that Jesus had and Paul had is, is they were with their Timothys and, and, and those disciples got to see, taste, feel. They, they got to see what was going on and to experience life together in that relationship. And it was very, very encouraging. Uh, but, that what takes you, what adds to your skill set is instead of trying to reinvent the wheel, imitate somebody's faith, imitate somebody's skill set. And you'll, you'll end up getting that skill set over time. It takes faith to be an imitator. You know, it takes faith to be humble enough to go, man, I'm, I, I see what's going on over there and I want to get that. How do I get that? Ask questions. Go into this kind of relationship where you were talking about it and we're, we're looking at areas where they're, they have expertise in and then we can add their skill set to our skill set and we can really grow. You know, there's only two kinds of people in this world. People who are trained and those who are untrained. And imitating is about becoming trained and getting more skills to be effective. You know, a good church to look at is the church in Thessalonica. They were excellent imitators. And you know what the Bible says about them is they became a model to all the believers throughout Achaia. Isn't that encouraging? Is because they had the humility and faith to imitate, man, they became a model to all the other churches. So powerful that the power of imitation. And I see this at so many different levels. We see this happen in life all the time. I'll I use my daughter Kainani. Uh, uh, you know, she's a junior right now and she was on a highly competitive soccer team for the last couple of years, the last three years. And she moved to another team right now. And the team that she was on 
was the uh, only United States soccer team that fully funded its team by the LA Galaxy men's soccer team over here. And the training involved to be a captain, you know, at at 14, 15 and 16 years old, if you wanted to be a captain, they had training. You know, the, the, the coaches, the, they got to, they got to be with the professional men's athletes on the LA Galaxy soccer men's team. They got to go to their, they got to skip school sometimes to go to their practice and learn and to be in that environment. And we all understand in the world that when, when there's training going on, it's going to better that person. Uh, but the level of expectation that, that I was shocked by at 14 years old for her, you know, they had her have four pages of expectation expectations in order to be a captain. They needed to go to, she needed to go to 12 different classes, uh, at the, uh, StubHub Center or the Dignity Health Center. Now she had to go to 12 different classes there just to, to be considered to be a captain because it involved training. And if, if, if she didn't learn to imitate the other leaders and the other coaches and the other players, you'd be left behind basically. But what I appreciate is the level of expertise and the expectation to get to that next level, but it takes training and it takes imitation. And if 14, 15 and 16 year olds can do this, adults can do this, right? And that, it's just that desire to want to get to another level spiritually, which is what makes a Paul Timothy relationship so crucial and important and even essential to getting to that next level. Again, if, if you didn't want to have that, there would be nothing wrong with that. But if you wanted to get there quicker, boy, consider having a Paul Timothy relationship. I mean, who doesn't want to add more to their skill set? Well, the way you can do it is through imitation. Now, let's talk about this. What was the outcome, though? Why is that important to have a Paul Timothy relationship? What's the outcome of it? And here's one outcome of a healthy Paul Timothy relationship is intimate friendship. In Philippians chapter 2 and verse 19, it says, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare. For everyone looks out for their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send him as soon as I see how things go with me. And I'm confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon. You know, in this passage, Paul was writing, right, from prison. And he's writing to the church in Philippi. And it is one of the most joyful books. But isn't that amazing how one of the most joyful books, you would never know that. You would never know that he was in prison by how he wrote from prison. He was more joyful than many of the disciples in Philippi. And yet, one of the results, one of the outcomes of having a Paul-Timothy relationship in your life, whether you're younger in the faith, middle-aged in the faith, or perhaps even older in the faith, one of the outcomes, one of the benefits is intimate friendship. You know, now Paul and Timothy, they had a closeness about them. Paul said, I have no one like him. Think about that. How did that come about? How did Paul, with a guy who's so much, a Timothy who's so much younger, how did Paul get to that point where he's like, man, there's, there's nobody in this world like him. If I, I need to send him, if I need to send somebody to go help out a church over here, there's one guy I'm going to call. It's this guy, Timothy. He looks out for your interest. There's, there's nobody like this guy. 
And I appreciate that about this kind of Paul-Timothy relationship. They became close and were friends. But how they became close and friends may, may be different than what we think. They became close because of the training relationship that they had. The, it started where Paul was just training him. And then over, over time, there's a bond that developed. The battles that they were doing in the ministry together. All the things Timothy, Timothy got to travel with Paul and see what his life was like. And the struggles that Paul worked through and the attacks that happened to Paul and the different sufferings that Paul went through. But also, he got to see the different victories that happened and all the, how to strengthen the church and how to You've work just with disciples to and how to work LA. with Work with different types of disciples and how to get different ministry, training in your life and add to the skill set LA so that region. we can be even more effective in in you know as disciples. And look how close they came, became together. But it, it's not just because they were just friends. It's it they ended up becoming friends. It didn't start off that way, but they became friends through be, spending time together and working with each other. But also perhaps even more so being in the battle of the ministry together. They were doing things together in the ministry in a communal way. All those battles, you know. And I know if you've been around for a while, gang, you can feel like me sometimes where you're a bit worn and tired and spent. You know, I have three kids. I'm tired in, in my 28 years of being a Christian. And I value older Christians in my life. I, I look at the life of a Christian, you know, an older Christian, kind of like being a firefighter. You know, I mean, when you when you want it, if you're a firefighter and you're going to go into a fire, right? Who do you want by your side? Do you want just only the fresh recruit coming out of fire school, right? Uh, uh, coming out of recruit school who's new. They've never really been in some fires, you know. They're just new. They're zealous. They're fired up and all that. And it's good to have those new recruits. And we need those new recruits because we need to be able to plant more churches. And the gospel needs to go out even more and more into different places. We need those fresh recruits, right? But also when you're going into a fire, though, you also want people who've been in a fire, who they they might have been burnt, right? They've, they've been around long enough. And if you've been around long enough, you've probably been burnt in your spiritual life before. You've probably went through, you've probably been singed by the different fires that erupt in our life by just our own sins we get into or different things that happen in the church. And you might even be a little single. You might be hanging on right now where you only got one eyebrow because you've been burnt. But man... If you've been burnt, you might even be a little grumpy even, right? You might even be a little grumpy, perhaps even cynical sometimes because we've been around along and we've taken a lot of hits. But I tell you what, I, I respect fresh recruits, but I also respect and have a deep respect for people who've been around the longest, people who've been in the, been in this fight, been in this battle for 20, 30, 40 plus years. Because I know this. If I'm going to go into a fire, I want to go into fire with people who've been around as well. Yeah, we might be a little grumpy. We might be a little cynical sometimes, but I know you're tested. You're not going to run away when when the fires get so hot that everyone wants to leave. You're going to hang in there. And that's what I look at older Christians. You know, that's what I respect so much. Don't get me wrong. I respect younger Christians as well. I love younger Christians. I love working with younger Christians. But I also respect those who've been around because I know you've been burnt. 
If you've been around longer than a couple years, you've been burnt, you've been singed, you've let, you've probably gotten to some sins where you go, I'm ready to quit, but you've pulled through. And, and because you've been through fires, you're exactly the person to go back into the battle with other people who are in the fires. And you can even pull people out of those fires. So awesome to be with people like that. And that's how I look at Metro LA. Honestly, we've been through some fires over here and we're coming out of it, you know, and, and, and there's so many great things going on in our church, you know, and it's, it's, it's not because of just everyone just, it's not by man's effort. It's because we're, we're working on our relationship with God. We're working on a relationship with each other. We're trying to be righteous. Robert and Michelle are leading us in that direction. You know, it's not about the plan. It's not about the strategy. That's what I love. It's, we're going to have a plan. We do have strategies, but the focus isn't that. The focus is God and God moving things in the church and the spirit guiding and leading us. And it comes through these types of things, these kinds of relationships. Remember, over the next three weeks, we're going to talk about all these three relationships. Tonight, we're just talking about a Paul-Timothy relationship to perhaps get to the next level if we've been stuck. Uh, the second thing you know, we have is not only intimate friendship, is this right here in Hebrews 13, verse 23. It says, brothers and sisters, I urge you to bear with my word of exhortation. For in fact, I have written to you quite briefly. I want you to know that our brother Timothy has been released. Notice that you see what that says? Our brother Timothy has been released, released from what? He's been released from prison. If he arrives soon, I will come with him to see you. The second outcome or benefit of a Paul-Timothy relationship is not only intimate friendship by, by spending time and being more so being in the battles of ministry and life together. Intimate friendship comes from that. The second thing is equal impact, though. You know, Timothy was a younger guy. Paul went to jail. But look at what, look at what the Hebrew writer is saying. He's saying, our Timothy has been released. Our brother has been released. Look at the impact, Timothy. He was just like his mentor, Paul. That dude went to prison too, and he just was released. And the Hebrew writer was encouraging the church about that. What's the outcome of a Paul-Timothy relationship? Not only intimate friendship, but equal impact. You, you, God raises you up to be a peer, to be somebody who has perhaps greater impact than you would have ever had on your own. That's what a Paul-Timothy relationship, it's not about whether or not somebody's over here telling you what to do. That's not what this is about. This is about walking with somebody and letting, looking at God's plan of discipleship of one man training another and, and being open to that and, and, and understanding that as a privilege that we get to do that. I mean, people pay a lot of money in the world to, 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 to pay for input and we get to have this free in God's kingdom, intimate friendship, but also equal impact and so look at this other trans this is another translation in luke chapter 6 it says he he also told them this parable can the blind lead the blind absolutely they can they both are going to fall into a pit if they do will they not both fall into a pit a student the student is not above his teacher but everyone who is fully trained will be like his teacher equal impact and so here's a couple practicals as we close out tonight is how do you get a Paul-Timothy relationship? Well, number one, you have to ask someone to mentor you. You have to ask somebody to mentor you. If you want a Paul-Timothy relationship, 
Go get it. Go ask somebody who's who you perceive is more mature in the faith, if you were, or has a different expertise in certain areas. Like like if you need help in your finances, go go get a mentor that is excellent in their finances, like a financial planner. Right. Go get somebody who's good at that. And you can you can get some uh, help very quickly in it. The second thing a practical in it is understand that it generally is a one way relationship. Like if you're going getting a Paul Timothy relationship, it's going to be one way. And that's okay. You know, you, you want to have peer relationships where you have all your other friends too. But a Paul Timothy relationship often is one way because expertise is flowing that way. You're trying to have that relationship where you can get help in a specific area. And, and I appreciate that. You know, that's a, that's a great relationship. The third practical is be grateful and respectful of a relationship like this because a Paul is giving you time, resources, and attention in your life. So please be, be extremely grateful and respectful for the Paul. They don't have to do it. They're willing, they're willingly doing it. So be grateful and respectful. The fourth practical you have in getting a Paul Timothy relationship is that it's time specific. Ask for it for a period of time. Don't, don't be the person who's like, can, can you be my mentor for the next 45 years? You probably won't have a mentor guys. If you're doing that, be, be time specific in it. Give a time frame in it. Maybe the next couple months. Okay. Maybe three months. Could you be a mentor for the next three months? Let them look at their schedule and try to work something out there. And the fifth thing is offer help to them. Try to help your mentoring relationship, you know, with somebody that's mentoring you. Try to help it become more reciprocal where you're helping them. Like, what is it? Perhaps I need to watch their child or something or let them go on a date or, you know what I mean? Like, do something that could help them out where the relationship's a little bit more reciprocal and that it encourages them as much as you're getting some encouragement as well. So those are just some practicals on how to get a Paul and Timothy relationship. So what can we do in our discussion groups tonight? Number one, what is one thing you learned about a positive mentoring relationship tonight? What did you learn about a Paul-Timothy relationship? Second, would you benefit from one, of having one in your life? Or would you considering, would you consider mentoring someone else? Would you benefit from having a Paul-Timothy relationship? And would you consider perhaps mentoring others? Our teens need more mentors. Our campus students perhaps need more mentors. Some of our single adults, some of our preteens need some mentors. We're always looking for mentors. Perhaps if you're older in the faith, you might want a mentor there as well. Remember, not because it's a sign of weakness, but because you're trying to get to another level and add to your skill set and add to your faith. And so what did we learn tonight? Apollo, we learned to have three different kinds of relationships in our lives. A mentoring one, a Paul Timothy one, and that's what we talked about tonight. Next week, we're going to talk about peer relationships. And the, and the third week, we're going to talk about one another relationships where you may be being a mentor to somebody else or be discipling somebody else. That's the third kind of relationship. Tonight, we talked about the Paul Timothy relationship. It's important to continually grow in faith. But one of the reasons why we can have a mentoring relationship is so that we can grow our impact, grow our skill set exponentially quickly by having a relationship like that. Well, what are the four ways that we can be? How can we be a Timothy to a Paul? Well, we need to have the faith to be chosen. That Paul will choose, but we got, we need to want to be there and want to be trained. We also can learn to receive direction. We can be a helper and we can imitate their faith. You know, we can imitate what they're good at and, and learn quickly like that. What is the outcome of a Paul Timothy relationship? Is intimate friendship, 
as well as equal impact. Look how, look how Timothy became because of this relationship. You know, how he became a person who was close to Paul and equal impact because of that relationship. Wow, that's, that's so encouraging and inspiring. And then we learned five practicals tonight. So I want to encourage you as you go to your discussion group tonight. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for your attention. Let's consider having a Paul-Timothy relationship. Good night.